0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of America. It's Tony Katz today. We'll categorize this in the not a joke category because how could one joke this often about balloons? But according to NBC, the US military is tracking another mysterious balloon. I need my I need my mysterious balloon. Music. Where where is my mysterious balloon? Music. Okay, here it is. Sorry, my my mistake. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Um I have no idea what it is. Neither does anybody else. I mean, by the end of the day, we we, we might The US military tracking a mysterious balloon that flew over American soil. Not clear what it is or whom it belongs to. It could belong to that group in Ohio. A bunch of kids and adults. uh, Whatever their group was. the, 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 uh, the, the, The balloon flying group. I forget the name. It flew across portions of Hawaii. But did not go over any sensitive areas. Good to know. Good to know. What's fascinating about stories like this. Is that. You don't have any faith. You don't know what to believe when it comes to these people. You have no idea whether they're telling you the truth or whether they're lying through their teeth. You don't know. It went over parts of Hawaii, and it it didn't look at any sensitive areas. That's what you told me. You want me to believe that? You want me to believe you? You want me to believe The FBI, you want me to believe the U.S. military? No. That's not happening. There's nothing to believe here. Absolutely nothing to believe here. These people have lied to us so often and with such regularity that I have to assume that this balloon that a Pentagon spokesperson said was floating at 36,000 feet and had, quote, no indication that it was maneuvering or being controlled by a foreign or adversarial actor. The balloon did not transit directly over defense-critical infrastructure or other U.S. government-sensitive sites, nor did it pose a military or physical threat to people on the ground. Yeah, I don't believe you. I don't believe anything you just said there. It's just something you said. It's something you said to shut the American people up. How dare you notice what's going on around you? There's a spokesman for Indo-Pacific Command saying, quote, U.S. Indo-Pacific Command responded to an unidentified radar signature Friday in the vicinity of the island of Hawaii. Pacific Air Forces launched three F-22s to assess the situation and visually identified a spherical object. We monitored the transit of the object and assessed that it posed no threat. Sure. Whatever you say. We have discussed. Often. The problems that come from not having faith in the institutions and the problems that come from not having faith in the institutions is that when things like this happen and things like that get said, we go, nah, nah, it's not the way it happened. And then we get asked, well, why don't you believe them? Do you believe? Uh, No. I don't share. Thank you for asking. I don't believe. The people don't believe. They don't trust. That lack of trust is not coming back anytime soon. It's, it's it, it it to to recognize this is to really put yourself in a position of horror. To say to yourself, "Wow, man, we really don't trust" the institutions? And if we don't trust the institutions, you know, what what do we trust? Or if we don't trust the institutions, when does that trust come back? And the answer is, hell if I know. Let me give you a follow-up. Completely different subject, but still about the institutions. You know that the IRS is hiring about 80,000 agents. Now, this has been a little bit convoluted because the agents that are being hired, some of them are to replace agents we already have. This is not me saying we need a strong IRS. I'm an abolish the IRS kind of guy. Uh, but so just as a, a matter of understanding, right, all of us on the same page, uh, There's there's a fair amount of these IRS agents that are being hired to replace those who will be retiring. But that doesn't mean that the IRS hasn't been used as a cudgel against the American people. It's exactly what happened during the Tea Party. That's what Barack Obama did. Don't ever let anybody tell you his administration was scandal-free. That guy tried to prevent people from speaking freely. There's no forgiveness in my soul for that. Then you learn that we are going to start demanding information from those people utilizing PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, etc., who have transactions of more than $600. So if you got a little side gig, you got a little side hustle, the government wants to know everything about every bit of dollar that you've uh, made. They're not going after the rich people. Oh, we we had to get more people because we're gonna engage more enforcement of the wealthy and make sure they pay their fair share. Bullcrap, they're going after you. Transactions of over $600, if you've got a little side hustle. You got a little side hustle. You got a little thing and it brings you in $610 a month. 7200 uh so it'd be $7320 altogether. I did that math in my head. Someone double-checked me. Um the government wants to know. Do you think that matters? Do you think that matters? What was the story about Katie Hobbs? Um It was a veto about cooking. Did you hear this story? It was the street vendor bill. There it is. This happened like two weeks ago. So there used to be, and I I think uh, Indiana allows this now, there was a big conversation about hair braiding and do you need a cosmetology, cosmetology license in order to do hair braiding? Well, hair braiding is a very cultural activity, and lots of women who do hair braiding, let's say, in their kitchen or in their basement, and they make a couple extra bucks, or maybe not. Maybe they just do it. But the idea that they would need a cosmetology license and those hundreds of hours and all that money to braid hair is nuts. It's crazy. So you saw states, and I think Arizona was one of them, where they passed legislation saying you can do hair braiding without a cosmetology license. Now, if you're opening up a business, you might still need a business license, but you can do the thing. Of course you should. And of course you should. Hair braiding is is not only something that shouldn't require that level of of licensing, it is cultural, it is passed down mother to daughter, and and we should be clear, uh, mother to son. And the idea of getting in the way of that is nuts. Well, now there's a conversation that says in Arizona, you can't sell homemade food on the street. Legislators in Arizona said, well, why not? Let's pass some legislation that would allow people to make food in their home and sell it on the street to anybody who, who wants to buy it. And you know... so. You know the good places. You know some of those people really know what they're doing. And you're like, oh, mommy is out with the tamales. And if you've never had uh, a, a street tamale, you haven't lived. It's a true story. If you In Wisconsin, you, you got to go to a restaurant to buy a brat. There's some guy on the side of the road. Two brats, please. Let's go. Let's get it done. So the Democrats and Republicans together... Together, pass legislation that would legalize selling homemade food on the street. Katie Hobbs, the governor, this terrible, terrible progressive. You voted for her instead of Carrie Lake? I don't care what you think of Carrie Lake. This is ridiculous. Um, She vetoed it. She vetoed it. And there's this push on, my gosh, override the veto. She said in her message, this bill would significantly increase the risk of foodborne illnesses by expanding the ability of cottage food vendors to sell high-risk foods. Well, well you know you're a real progressive when you just want to control every part of, of someone's life, including what it is that, that they eat. This is, of course, nuts and is, to an extent uh, and a large extent, bigotry, because culturally, culturally. There are foods that are sold on the street. And economically, why shouldn't these people be allowed to make a little extra scratch? The problem is that little extra scratch, which we shouldn't even think about taxing, we should allow that to be and leave it alone. Now we're going to cover every last transaction. So maybe mom was a little industrious or, or, or uh, abuela was a little industrious and uh, decided, hey, you can just pay me via Venmo. Just Venmo me the money. And now the IRS is coming after that. The IRS needs tracking of that. They hire 80,000 more agents. Many of them, not all of them, many of them are going to replace old agents. But they're also hiring armed agents. That's right. There are postings for jobs according to the Washington Free Beacon. They're looking for more than 350 criminal investigation special agents, dangerous assignments, and you have to be able to carry a firearm must be prepared to protect him or herself or others from physical attacks at any time and without warning and use firearms in life-threatening situations. Now I ask you, how soon is it before one of those IRS agents, five of those IRS agents, is there to make sure that Abuela has paid her taxes? Well, I think that's coming soon. And they tell me, oh, that's not going to happen. They tell you, oh, that's not going to happen. Well, it's just like the balloon. Do you believe them? Do you believe them? Yes or no? Do you believe that the hiring of these IRS agents and the and the new rules they put into place about transactions of $600 or more all have to go uh, to the IRS and have to be reported to the IRS and the IRS has to be made aware of them? Do you think that's because they're going to provide Americans a better quality of life? Or is it being done in order to be able to restrict more Americans and financially harm more Americans? Is there any question that in California, AB5, which ended the gig economy, harmed more Americans than it helped? Oh, you can't be working more than 35 freelance hours unless you're hired full. You you can't do that. You got to be hired full time and you have to be getting insurance and, and there has to be a union. The whole thing was to push union jobs. Every last bit of it was to push union jobs. That was the whole damn point. And they did it proudly. They did it joyfully. They did it gleefully. And now there are people, what is it, the PRO Act? They want to do that on the federal level? These people don't stop. They don't rest. They don't quit. They really do hate you. They hate you. How dare you think you're free to live your life the way you see fit? How dare you think you're allowed to have a little side hustle? How dare you think you shouldn't contribute to a union? Does mom have to contribute to a union? Does abuela have to contribute to a union? Really? Because she wants to sell some food on, on, on the street? And people want to buy the food on the street. They want to do it. You really think you need a license for everything under the sun? These are the same people who say, well, listen, you may have food left over from a restaurant, but you can't just donate it to a, to a food pantry. Oh, no, no, that's, that's not safe. Okay, so people starve. Much better. Much better that the people starve. This is smart policy. And then you don't have faith in the IRS. Well, no one ever should, but you get my point. You don't have faith in in the DOJ or or the FBI uh, or any other agency because they've proven that they can't be trusted. And what happens when you run out of this faith? How in the world does it come back? How does everything get made whole? The answer is I don't know. All I know is there's opportunity after opportunity to try and heal the divide and time and time again they the powers that be move in a way to ensure that never happens and that in and of itself is a whole nother story find everything at TonyCats.com. this is tony katz today so there is a bar in bloomington That made national news because as the whole blow up about Bud Light was taking place, they said, you know what? We don't want to hear it here at Fairfax Bar and Grill in Bloomington. We're not going to hear it. We don't want to hear about Dylan Mulvaney. We don't want to hear anything anti-trans, this, that, or or the other. Um, If you want to bring up Bud Light and the controversy uh, to us, you're going to be asked to pay the bill and leave immediately. And it was like, oh, okay. Okay. If that's what you want, that's what uh, you you want. What I said at the time was, I don't think they worded this well at all. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. And I do not know the people who own Fairfax Bar and Grill. I've never been there. If, if they want to tell people, look, we're not having these debates here. We're going to keep selling Bud Light. We're not interested. And if you don't like it, you can leave. Okay. But the question was, why did you have to come out and say such a thing? Why, why did it require a statement? They put this out here. We are all well aware of the controversy surrounding Bud Light. We support all people in this establishment, no matter who you are or how you identify. We will continue to sell Anheuser-Busch products. I think they spelled Anheuser wrong. Uh, Because we don't care who they make special cans for. If you are intolerant of other humans of any kind, we ask that you keep your opinions to yourself. Should you feel the need to discuss this matter in public, you'll be asked to leave. We will not tolerate intolerance here. What I said at the time was this was a poorly worded statement. Because this isn't about who they make special cans for. This was about taking something that was very, very simple and deciding to make a political statement about it. Saying that I can't react to a political statement is an odd statement, in indeed, an odd statement, indeed. Well, I guess there was backlash uh, towards uh, the, the 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 bar, um, uh, and so they were like, "Look, I, clearly we got to clarify." Um, and he clarif- The owner clarifies his, his stance. What I really want to convey is this: just be respectful. Different opinions are welcome here as long as they are delivered respectfully. We no more want ugly, aggressive, or rude interactions about which sports team someone thinks is better than about societal issues. We do not will not censor opinions, but we do require civility in this establishment. So if you can't play nice then get out of the sandbox. That goes for everyone. Let's remember why we even gather at a bar, to enjoy each other's company and to and raise a glass to civility. Now, That's a much different statement that was made uh, prior. The first statement didn't say this. The first statement totally lacked the civility. The first statement said, don't complain, just leave. The second statement said, well, now you you can say what you will, just, you know, be decent. At least he's got the right uh, conversation about civility. Civility is not about saying please and thank you. Civility is allowing the minority to speak their mind without killing them. There's the difference. Civility involves the minority being allowed to speak in the public square without threat of destruction. This is not something that the political left believes in. I'm up for that fight, by the way. But maybe this post, this follow-up post, um, will, be, uh, will be helpful. Maybe it'll be helpful. I never called for a boycott of the bar. I mean, you you make decisions and you run your bar the way you see fit. I don't I don't tell you how to how to how to live. But understand that in this bud light Dylan Mulvaney insanity, and Dylan Mulvaney, by the way, is a guy pretending to be a woman, not even just pretending to be a woman, pretend pretending to be this uh prepubescent teen. It's really super creepy. It is as disrespectful to women as the day is long. And anybody who's okay with it is weird. Um, He's a guy. We, the people, weren't thinking about any of this. We were just wanting to have a beer. Bud Light decided we needed this thrown in our faces. Now, maybe Bud Light saw that maybe they'll create some controversy and they will sell some more beer, but it hasn't sold more beer. At least that seems to be the case so far. Let's see what the next couple months bring us. But society is not better off. Look, we're having this really important conversation about bigotry, about homophobia. Homophobia, what do they call it, transphobia? Uh, is, is, is that it, the, the, the transphobia conversation? It's like that thing from from uh, from the Advocate that I was talking about. Total, total garbage. Not agreeing with something doesn't mean that somebody's transphobic or homophobic. Or, that's what they say when they don't want to have conversation. They want to limit you, prevent you from speaking. That's that's what it is. That's what it is. You're allowed to speak, and the bar was allowed to speak, and now they're saying something a little bit different. We'll see what happens to them. We'll see. I I still haven't been to the bar. I don't know. Maybe I'll get there one day. Maybe I won't. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. There are primaries happening all across the state of Indiana, and they mean something. But... No matter where they are, and it could be your city, and you can think, man, this is the one that matters most. Nothing matters more than what happens in Indianapolis, and that's sometimes hard for the people of Indiana to take. Everything's always about Indianapolis. Oh my gosh, what happened in Indianapolis? Why is it always about Indy? Why isn't it about Fort Wayne? Why isn't it about Evansville? Why isn't it about Bloomington where they're having uh, a mayoral race? They've got three people in a Democratic primary going on today. How come they don't matter? It's not that you don't. I live in Carmel. Carmel matters. Indianapolis matters more. Because so goes Indianapolis, so is going to go the state. The idea that the capital city is going to fail and the rest of the state is going to be fine, man, that's a lot of hope. It's a bad plan. A lot of hope and a bad plan. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, tonycats.com Certainly we can state that after the last year's that the city of Indianapolis has informed people in the surrounding counties that they can give up. You can give up on Indianapolis. Uh, We are not serious. We don't have a serious mayor. We don't have a, a serious city county council. We're not interested in solving the problems. So in those donut counties, Boone, Hamilton, Hancock, Shelby, Johnson, Morgan, and Hendricks, all around Marion County, uh, figure it out. Figure it out, have a nice day. Now, admittedly, Hamilton was the first uh, to figure that out, but they had certain natural built-in advantages in terms of uh, proximity, in terms of where people were, were already gravitating to, and that's where the money went. The money is in Hamilton and Boone County. This is, I mean, this goes without saying. This is obvious. This is not a knock, On Hendrix, Morgan, Johnson, Shelby, or Hancock, this is just a bit of, of reality. These are just the facts as presented. Everybody is starting to come on strong. Some places will take longer than others. Some because of it naturally it'll take longer. Some because they want to take longer. Not everybody wants to grow at breakneck pace. Some people want to be the bedroom community. They don't want the other stuff, and that's one of the reasons people move there, and that's completely fine. It's not my methodology, but I accept the fact that some people want it, but so goes Indianapolis, so goes the state, because Indianapolis is the place where the Colts play. And where the Pacers play, and where the Indy 11 play, and where the Indians play, it's where the conventions happen. And every time there's another murder, and every time there's another homeless person who goes nuts, and every time the streets look disgusting, it's a reflection on everything. Everything. So if anybody in Bloomington thinks they can live some kind of cloistered life without having Indianapolis affect them, those people are unserious people. Now, to the extent that those people can have a say in what goes on in Indianapolis, well, I understand the problem. The problem is is that the people of Indianapolis don't engage enough about what happens in Indianapolis, and I'm not just talking about Uh, Those people who are, are, are residents of Marion County, residents of Indianapolis, I'm talking about those people who work downtown and own the businesses downtown, who have failed the city. I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it until it stops. They failed the city because they will not have a public discussion about what is wrong with the city. Notice I said public. From what I know anecdotally, private conversations amongst business leaders and the mayor Joe Hogsett, who is running in a primary today against the state senator, Robin Shackelford. There are two other Democrats uh, in uh, that that race as well. So, you know, well, they, they're a rep- state representative. I said state senator. I'm sorry. State representative, Robin Shackelford of Indianapolis. But Shackelford certainly has the name ID. Do the Democrats stick with a guy who has failed for two terms, or are they going to go with Shackelford, also a progressive, a black woman, and they're going to decide they're going to uh, go that route? I don't know what they're going to do. Really and truly have no clue. But it cannot be said enough, and I'm not going to now change my conversation piece on a primary day. People are going to do what they do. I said it before, I said it after. Is there any doubt that the city is in worse shape than it was eight years ago? Of course it's in worse shape. Watched it happen. Have been talking about it for years. And we have not only a mayor, but a city county council that simply doesn't want to do anything about it. It Looks the other way. What their focus is 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 on, on sloganeering. It mattered to them that they drew Black Lives Matter on the streets. That mattered to them greatly. That was super important. Filling the empty buildings after COVID, not important. Getting the homeless off the street, not important. Making the city safe, not important. Bringing people back downtown, not important. As a matter of fact, I'm the guy who gets attacked. You, Tony Katz, you're the one keeping people from coming downtown. Bull crap. All I want is for those people who have impact to start making it. Like Dave Ricks, the CEO of Lilly. I want him talking out loud. I want Jennifer Rumsey, the CEO of Cummins, to speak out loudly. Tom Linebarger didn't. This is your city. This is where you work. Are you happy with what you're seeing? Speak loudly. Speak. The Indianapolis Star had no problem when Rifra was passed putting on the front page, fix this now. But you're okay? You're okay with what's happening in this city right now? Oh, because it's it's Democrats who run Indianapolis, so therefore we don't say anything. But those wascally Republicans and, and their rifra, then we had to talk about it. Pathetic. We're either a city that's built on an ideological core or we're a city that's built on actually being a kick-ass city. Pick one. I would like the latter, please. If the Democratic Party had chosen Indianapolis as the place to host the DNC instead of Chicago, you know know what I would have said? Fantastic. Roll out the welcome, Matt. Let's make it great. What can we do to help? Because I know it would mean millions of dollars to the city, and therefore there'd be opportunities that come from that. Excellent, excellent stuff. The Republican Committee, National Convention, you better believe it. Welcome to Indianapolis. No, when the NRA convention comes, uh, they it, it's about vilification. Now, I'll admit to you that when the NRA was just here, there was really no talk. When they came in 2019, we had members of the city county council calling those members Nazis. Restaurants were like, hey, come here to have lunch while you're here for the NRA convention. Why would you want Nazis eating in your place? And when called out on it, These people, some of whom uh, belong on the city county council, how dare you? I never said such a thing. You said such a thing. We've got the Facebook posts. What are you talking about? The city would rather be ideological than it would rather be welcoming. That's messed up. That's a bad way to run a city. Then you have the realization that the homelessness has increased, the drug use has increased, the crime has increased, and the businesses themselves, the buildings, are empty. So what's the plan to try and rethink downtown? How do you work in a post-COVID world? How do you go about engaging the opportunity to bring business in so they rent these office spaces so you've got something that's thriving? How do you do it? Well, I uh, say to you uh, that being at, in 2023 and half, almost halfway through 2023, there has been no movement made on that subject. None. None. What you have is a very lackluster Indianapolis, which sucks because this city is outstanding still to this day. Outstanding, although I admit I have a harder time talking it up now than I did four years ago. It was easier because it was only starting the slide. Now it's well into the slide. It's harder to talk it up. That's the fault of Joe Hogsett and the Indianapolis City County Council. And let me say Democrats as well as Republicans. Now, Democrats dominate. There are 20 Democrats and only five Republicans. But you've never seen five more totally silent Republicans. And when I say totally silent, you guys know I do a morning show on WIBC. It is is the biggest morning show in the state of Indiana. You know how many Republicans from the City County Council reach out to me to be on the show to talk about issues? Zero. None of them. Why not? Oh, we should also note that none of the Democrats reach out to me. Okay, maybe you could think Democrats wouldn't reach out to me. But why not? If you're talking about things for the city, these are the things I want to talk about. Why wouldn't you reach out? Then again, in Indiana, we have a massive problem with political cowardice. The, The politicians don't talk here. They don't share here. They don't engage here. Joe Hogg said he won't come on the show, the mayor. Now... Maybe now he doesn't come on the show, but he didn't come on the show for years. A team of cowardly children that surrounded him kept him from doing the show, but it's always so funny, they always wanted to talk. Oh, they wanted to shake my hand. They wanted to to say, what a bunch of jerks. Didn't care about the city. Just uh, the whole thing was a joke. Ah, you can't do anything to me. I mean, that's the way they took it. And as a radio host, I can only bring up so many subjects so many times. It really is up to the civic leaders to get the movement going. All I can do is bring up the issue and try and spur them on to some kind of action. They have to engage the action, but they don't engage the action. It's clear that the politicos know it, both the mayor and the city county council, so they don't care what I have to say. I mean, they they, they probably don't like it. Oh, that Tony Katz. Oh, he's such a, you know, he's a fascist, right? And whatever it is, they call me and who gives two holy dams to begin with? But man, you'd like to get these people to move and I can't get them to move. So I try and get the civic leaders to get them to move. And I wonder where the hell they are. And that's why I've come to the conclusion that the only way you build a better Indianapolis is from the ground up because these politicos are awful and the cowardice is not just them. Dear Lord, try and get the governor on the show. Holy mackerel. We will reach out, you know this is true. I've told this story before. We'll reach out and say, hey, we'd like to speak to Governor Holcomb about, I don't know, pick a subject, about subject X. We'd like to speak to Governor Holcomb about subject X. How could we arrange this? And we will get a message back the governor is not available. We never picked a day. We never suggested a day. We only said we'd like to speak to him about subject X. Oh, he's not available. I have no idea if that's from him or that's from, you know, just the people in his office doing the same thing that Hogshead's office is doing. Keep the man from having to answer a question. It's the weirdest stuff in the world. It's the weirdest stuff in the world. I do not know why Hoosier politicos are like this. We're an easy show to find. We're an easy group of people over here at Tony Katz today to reach. And we are very concerned about where this city is going this primary day. So if I were you, I would be watching the results of this primary because they matter greatly. The city is flailing and the city is failing. And the worse the capital city does, the worse it is for all of us. Just like in the same exact way the better Bloomington does, the better Fort Wayne does, the better Gary does, the better Jeffersonville does, the better Evansville does, the better it is for the entire state. If only because it creates more competition and competition is a good thing. But Indianapolis being engaged in a race to the bottom provides nothing anywhere and it doesn't have to. The problems that we are facing in Indianapolis are bipartisan problems. They're not Republican problems or Democrat problems. They are Hoosier problems. They are Indianapolis problems. They can be fixed over time, but you got to start. And there is no start point. As a matter of fact, there's no willingness to even address the problem. There's only a willingness to come after people like myself saying, you're just talking down the city. When there were riots in downtown Indianapolis and people were putting up um, uh, plywood to protect their businesses... The people who put up the plywood got attacked uh, by the opinion guys in the Indy Star. They're the problem. The people putting up plywood because they don't want their business destroyed, they're the issue. If they wouldn't do that, everything would be better. No, maybe if there had been two nights of rioting in Indianapolis and we actually saw a presence from the IMPD and a mayor who was directed or focused on directing them in order to protect the city, maybe we'd have a better city. But we don't even know where Mayor Joe Hogsett was for two nights of riots. We don't know. Oh, he was in his house. Can I see the emails? Can Can I get a record of the phone calls? Can you show me the command center he had set up? Nope, none of that. And that's just one of many, many problems that Indianapolis is right now facing with its leadership, which makes this primary all the more important. Will Indianapolis, will Marion County move to change the leadership? I don't know. I'm going to be as surprised as you are by uh, by the results that come out. What I'm here to tell you is is that while you have your city to concern yourself with, and that's true, we have a state to concern ourselves with, and Indianapolis is right now concerning. It still has all the opportunity in the world. This has the ability to be the capital of the Midwest. We just need leadership willing to go about doing it. We'll see if that leadership changes with this primary. I'm Tony Katz. It's not a not a joke. Donald Trump will participate in a CNN presidential town hall next week in New Hampshire. So uh, clearly, CNN is letting you know, please, God, please nominate Trump. It's ratings gold, people. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Uh, I thought it was an embargo. I thought they weren't going to report on on Trump. I thought they were going to stop uh, doing that kind of thing. I I guess not. I guess not. Uh, and look at Trump doing a town hall on CNN. He's not afraid. Well, I think that's that is correct and that is uh, accurate. That he he's he's not afraid. He wants to take his message of bashing Ron DeSantis everywhere he he possibly can. Do I think that it's going to move any electorate at CNN? No. No, I, 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 I don't. I think it says much more about CNN. That CNN has to recognize that he's there and they cannot function without him. And yes, the vast majority of leftists are desperate for Trump to win this nomination. Because that's the way they feel they can win re-election with Biden. So if they can help make that happen... They're going to do it. Find everything at tonycats.com. Tonycats.com. I'm Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.